Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. But ultimately, you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Well, today we're going to be continuing our series on Sounds of the Season, and I want to talk to you today about a song called O Little Town of Bethlehem. Now it's a pretty popular song at Christmas time. We've all sung it, I'm sure, and seems to be kind of a little bit of a, a children's favorite, although it's not really a children's song. There's a story that uh, uh, tells, that's told about years ago, a, a cartoon with two farmers in Kentucky uh, standing in a field while it snowed, and, and one turned to the other and he asked, Anything exciting happened today? The other farmer says, no, nothing happened. Nothing ever happens here that's exciting. And he says, well, actually, he said, there was a baby born over at you know, Tom Lincoln's home today, but, but nothing exciting ever happens around here. Well, as it turned out, the baby that was born at Tom Lincoln's home was Abraham Lincoln, who eventually became the president of the United States and changed the course of history for an entire nation. So, you know, maybe nothing happened, they thought, that was exciting, but that was a pretty big event. We're talking about the little town of Bethlehem, a small town. And as we talk about this, uh, there's a verse in Micah, it's actually a prophecy about Bethlehem. And it says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel. And we're going to talk first of all about the history and, and the message of this song. And I guess the first thing I want to talk about is where it all began. Where did old little town of Bethlehem begin? In 1862, a young man, he was only 27 years old, a young man by the name of Phillips Brooks became the pastor of Holy Trinity Church in Philadelphia. Now, back in those days, they didn't have, you know, worship teams and worship bands like we do in churches today. And so the thing that you'd want to have back then for your big old pipe organ would be a, a good organist. Organists were in demand. And he found this fellow by the name of, uh, of Louis Redner, and he recruited him to be his organist. And between the good preaching and the good music, uh, Phillips Brooks was, was actually reputed to be a very dynamic, one of the most dynamic preachers of his time. Uh, the church grew from 30 people to 1,000 in, in less than a year. So Phillips Brooks had a, a very good reputation as a speaker. In fact, when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, Phillips Brooks was asked to preach at his service, his funeral service. Now this would have been a pretty stressful time for the nation and, and uh, Brooks obviously felt some of the weight of that and his church decided to give him a sabbatical. During his sabbatical he went away to Jerusalem 
And on Christmas Eve, during his sabbatical, he found himself in Bethlehem at the Church of the Nativity and was enjoying the choir singing. And while he was there listening to this, he just felt inspired to write a poem to talk about his experience and his feelings about standing near the place where Jesus was born. When he got back home, he had his organist uh, write a tune for this poem, and, and they wanted to use it at their Christmas service in Philadelphia. This would be sometime afterward. Little did they know that this tune would catch on, that this song would catch on, and that it would become one of the more popular Christmas carols that is still sung a century and a half later. Well, let's talk about the, the little town of Bethlehem. When Jesus was born, it was a town of about 150 people. It was six miles from Jerusalem. It's, it's located in what is now Palestine. And it was remembered as small, as, as little, of, of, of being small in size, but yet it was great in significance. Perhaps you're from a small town. And I was thinking about what it's like to be from a small town. When you're from a small town, you know you're from a small town when everybody in town has the same postal code. You know you're from a small town when you only have to dial the last four digits of a phone number. And if you get them wrong and you dial a wrong number, you might end up chatting to the person that you called for an hour. In a small town, there may only be one streetlight, one cafe, one bar, two gas pumps, and, and a huge arena. And speaking of the arena, you probably hate the town next to you. And you describe where you're from by how far and what direction you are from the closest city. You get a new truck and everyone knows it. You wave at every car you meet as you drive down the street. And you never have to signal because everybody knows where you're going. Small towns have put out some fairly well-known uh, popular or famous people. Tammy Faye Baker used to always talk about being a small town girl from International Falls, Minnesota. Brad Pitt came from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Gordie Howe. I was born in Floral, Saskatchewan. Did you know that Flin Flon, Manitoba has put out 17 former NHL players? Jim Trevling, the uh, CEO of Boston Pizza, came from Verdon, Manitoba. So small towns may be small. A place like Bethlehem was small, but they can still be significant places in history. They can still really be known for something. In Genesis chapter 35, verse 16 to 19, Bethlehem is actually the place where Jacob's wife, Rachel, gave birth to Benjamin, and she died during birth, and she's buried in Bethlehem. Um, we think of... Uh, Bethlehem being mentioned in the book of Ruth, and, and it was there that she was redeemed and married Boaz. Boaz became the grandfather of King David. It was the home of Jesse, King David's father. David was anointed as king by Samuel in Bethlehem, and that's why it's described as the city of David. And I already read that passage of scripture from Micah chapter 5 verse 2, where there's a prophecy about Bethlehem. Hundreds of years later, it became the birthplace of Jesus Christ. And, 
And Bethlehem at Christmas time kind of becomes the focal point of the world where Jesus came from. Well, what's the practical application of that? We know that, that uh, children love to sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and it's easy to, to, to look at them and think, well, they're, they're just cute little children. What will come from them? Well, what could come from the little children today are people that will be great leaders in the future, world shakers, influencers. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, it says, don't despise one of these little ones. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, it says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the underlying message of the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, is this. It doesn't matter who you are. God can use you. God used a little town named Bethlehem to bring forth his son, to introduce him to the world. And God can use you. It doesn't matter about your age, your income status, where you're from. God can use you. The other day, Scott and I were talking about uh, the fact that, you know, we're not a big church. We're in kind of the north end of the city in Winnipeg, and uh, Winnipegers have a tendency to kind of look maybe down on the north end of Winnipeg. You know, it's kind of the, the part of the city that, that uh, oftentimes gets the bad press. Now, here's a question that we've been asking ourselves. What mission, what call, what plans does God have for this church that could impact their city? What plans could God fulfill through this church to influence or maybe even lead other churches to, to shake our city for God, to, to really make a difference? You see, we can't look at small things and we can't look at insignificant things and say, oh, well, that's our lot in life. We, you know, we'll just kind of chug along and, and, and be nothing. Out of Bethlehem, Jesus came the savior of the world. The course of history was changed. The eternal destiny of mankind was forever impacted by a baby that came out of the little town of Bethlehem. And so I want to encourage you, don't ever look down on your circumstances, on who you are or where you're from. Don't look at it and say it's insignificant. It doesn't matter with God. Anything is possible. Christ's birth was humble and it was lowly. And it shows us that what man sees as greatness or significance does not matter to God one iota. It's what God can do through a humble, submitted, obedient life that matters. It's what God can do through you as you just give yourself to him and say, God, I don't have a lot to offer. But what I have, I'm going to give to you. So do you feel weak, power, powerless, imperfect? doesn't matter. Because God's purposes and his plans kind of override all of our insignificance. He calls us not to be great or, or powerful. He calls us to depend on him. And he calls us to lean on him and to rely and trust in him. He doesn't ask us to be perfect. He doesn't ask us to be great. He asks us to give him our best and to trust him to use it 
powerfully. You know, over the last several days, I would say that God, I just felt really stirred in my heart thinking about, I don't know if it's a God thing, if, it, if it's the Holy Spirit that's dropped it into my mind or my heart, but, but thinking a lot about the next year and what's our theme for the future? What, where are we going in the future? As I think about this church and this congregation, what's God saying to us? Who are we to be and what are we to do? And I kind of get the feeling the, that the answer is that we're just to be our best. And so when we serve, be our best. When you give, you give your best. When you, when, when you think of your, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, just give God your best. When you're at your job, at school, as a neighbor, in all that you do, give of your best. It may not be great. It may not be all that important. It may not be all that impressive to other people, but give your best. And as I wrap this little talk up, I want to say this. At the bottom line is God chose a little town and a stable in a little town to give us his best, to give us his son, Jesus. And Jesus completely gave of himself and he emptied himself on the cross and he humbled himself and he suffered and he died and he rose again. He gave us his best so that we can have eternal life. Now his first coming was pretty humble in a stable in the little town of Bethlehem. His second coming, not going to be like that. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be magnificent. The whole world is going to see it. He's going to come in power and glory and in authority. But in the meantime, as we wait, as we occupy until Jesus comes, would you give him your best? Would you give him your life? Would you give him your service? Would you give him your heart? Would you give him your effort, your gifts, your talents, your abilities? Would you give him your best? The world is a different place today because of Jesus, because God gave his best, Jesus gave his best. It's a better place this Christmas because of Jesus. And I encourage you to remember again that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And as we give him our best, we can see God do some amazing stuff through us and in us. And if, if you've been listening, maybe you've been listening over the past year, Maybe you have never given your life to Christ. May I encourage you this Christmas to pray a prayer like, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. Forgive my sins. Thank you that you gave your best on Calvary for me, that you died for my sins. And Lord, I want to give my best to you. And if you prayed that prayer, you really meant it in your heart. You're really sincere about it. I would say to you that you have changed your eternal destiny and you have heaven to look forward to. Why not drop us a line at CLC Winnipeg and let us know that you prayed that prayer. And if you're in a place uh, where there's a church nearby, attend a church that believes in the Bible, that preaches the word of God. 
If you're in Winnipeg and you don't have a church, come and see us, 1042 Jefferson Avenue. We'd love to meet you. Well, thank you so much for joining us and may you have a Merry Christmas and a very blessed year as you look forward to 2023. Thanks for joining us.